All right. Good morning. It is Monday, March 27th, 2023. The House and Senate are in session this week, and this is DC signal to noise. Since we last spoke, the grain deal between Russia and Ukraine was extended. The banking debacle threatened to spread. Severe weather in the south, more rains in the west, and winter returned to the Midwest. And on a happier note, kind of a strange note, but a happier note, the final four for the men uh, headed to Houston. UConn's going to play Miami. Florida Atlantic will play San Diego State. For the women, we know that LSU and Iowa are headed to Dallas. Two more teams will join the final four tonight. Uh, welcome to you all. Glad that you're with us. I am AgriTalk host Chip Flory, and that is Pro Farmer Policy Analyst Jim Wiesmeyer. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Chip. And I note that uh, that uh, Ukraine grain pack was extended for only 60 days. So yep. the uh, reports quoting 120 days were off. Yep. That is number one on my list of things that I wanted to cover. Why just 60 days? Well, you know, that takes them right before Ukraine's harvest, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, leverage and Putin. That's probably, you know, you know, you know primary uh, chip, but yeah. he wants some changes in it and uh, he's flexing some muscles there. Right, right. Do you think there, based on some of the comments that we've received from Putin, do you think there's going to be another extension? You know, some people don't think so that I yeah. respect. So yeah. uh, that that's a viable question. Yeah, I don't know if it, if it's going to happen this next time, Jim. And and uh, it it seems like sixty days is a step down to nothing. Uh, he he definitely his attitude changed again after President Xi, Chinese President Xi left uh, after they met and he almost comes off as emboldened he comes off as if um without an official trade agreement they struck some kind of an agreement that is going to keep russian and and probably ukrainian grain flowing into china in exchange for china's support of what russia is doing and humanitarian, uh, in the case of Russia, to some countries on, on the grain. So that'll, that's the yin and yang of uh, Putin, Chip. So yeah. uh, it looks like that could well be the strategy. And, of course, it makes uh, his wheat go higher priced, right, in Russia? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. So, absolutely. Yeah, there, there was a when the, the, the quote, I think, of the weekend was when Xi and uh, departed uh, uh, Moscow, and he told Putin, right now there are changes, the likes of which we haven't seen for 100 years, and we're the ones driving these changes together. And then Putin said, I agree. And he said, take care, please, dear friend, have a safe trip. Uh, You're seeing them get closer and closer. And it looks like when you look around the world, um, uh, you know, countries are picking uh, sides. Yeah. This is, uh, yeah, picking sides is, is, is one way to say it. But what they both see, just so that we're perfectly clear on this, um, they both see the fall of Western Europe and 
the West, the United States, uh, is, is what they both anticipate, correct? Yeah, they seek it. Yeah. They seek it, yeah. And they're going after allies like, uh, uh, you know, continued allies like Iran, <clears throat> portions of the Middle East, uh, now South America. Uh, so you're seeing uh, they're, they're going right into our, our Southern Hemisphere. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, there is a comments tab someplace on your table. We've on your page. We've already got Melody and Gary are are in there, and and uh, they've got some questions for us. We'll try to answer them. No guarantees, but uh, I will guarantee that Jim will look into it uh, if if we don't have an answer. Let's start with the one from Melody here. Will recent geopolitical events intercede with China's purchase of sixty eight percent of our grain exports? Well, China has really stepped up its purchases of U.S. corn here, just over 2.7 million metric tons over the past two weeks. Uh, I I don't know if it's going to slow anything down there or not, because they've got people and they need the feed. Uh, their hog herd came back in. Uh, the, the latest measure of their hog herd showed that it got the sow herd got bigger than what they had planned. It's up like 5% from from year ago. So they they need feed again, and I think that's one of the reasons that we're seeing them buying as much corn as they are, Jim. Yes, uh, yeah, and it, it suggests perhaps maybe a downturn a bit in their in their soybean imports, Chip, relative to their hog market. Right? Mm -hmm. They would need less. Yeah, uh, need more corn. Uh, you know, as far as the overall U.S. export situation in China. Yeah, we better have a strategy for the years ahead uh, because mm -hmm. of not only this, but of the Taiwan uh, issue. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, e USDA's Economic Research Service came out with a report that I may talk about, write about in Act Letter this week. It said the U.S. lost its place as the world's largest wheat exporter a decade ago, and that was to Russia. Now its leadership in exports of corn cotton and yeah. tree nuts is being challenged yeah that, that we're, we're seeing big trend changes here chip oh absolutely we we certainly are uh comment here from gary gary says kenya just made a deal with saudi arabia to buy oil in their currency uh adding to the number of countries the BRICS dumping the dollar is it a question of when not if well, see that Africa and other nations are doing this, and this goes in with the, you know, picking sides, if you will. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't think it's going to replace the dollar, but it's going to nick the dollar. There's no doubt about it in my mind. Okay, I, you know what, Gary, I, I will. Uh, you gave me a great idea last week, Gary, uh, and and I followed up with that. We will. Uh, I've I've got a couple of ideas of people that I would like to get on to talk about the the dollar as the default currency and uh i'll we'll get that done sometime this week if not this week early next week uh okay let's stay on trade here for a second because a gop lawmaker made a comment uh on on friday about u.s trade representative Catherine tai and the comment <laughs> that he made it, it's almost a i don't know if it's a a backhanded a compliment or a backhanded insult, Jim? I don't know, but he wondered if she's just too nice. 
Yeah, I, I don't think it was an insult, but uh, you just never know. Greg Murphy, Republican from North Carolina, okay. uh, he began by saying that Ty was uh, very highly spoken of, mm -hmm. but then added he thought that she was too nice a person for the job you're in. <laughs> he said, usually looking in the past, they were not the nicest of people. Right. So, and she eventually struck back because he said, uh, uh, she said, I've never been faulted for being, quote, too nice. You don't need to feel sorry for me. I don't need your pity. Yeah. And then she said, let me just take off the nice a little bit. <laughs> I stand up for the American people. This is a quote. When I speak, people listen because I represent the interest of the U.S., so it was an interesting exchange, no doubt about it. But but it shows, let's go, uh, the, the reasons for it, I think, Chip. It's the, the frustration with the mm -hmm. Biden trade policy, yeah. especially as it pertains to agriculture. You hear that from not only Republicans, but from Democrats. Yeah. They want a, a more traditional market access, um, uh, talking about uh, the uh, the high tariffs in a number of countries, they see China going around the world and lowering uh, their tariffs to buy other countries' imports, and we're laying on the side. When Tai uh, addressed that Thursday last week in front of the Senate Finance Committee, she basically acknowledged, yeah, agriculture has a lot to gain from that, but other sectors of the U.S. business uh, does not. That was revealing. Certainly, I would I would like to see some progress made in in uh, maybe hang up a shingle that says, "Hey, the U.S. is open for trade." Don't forget, don't forget yes. that the U.S. is open for trade. Uh, just on the the willingness to participate in trade agreements and so on, but it's the what you guys were talking about on Friday on on AgriTalk on the free for all of the the conversation that it was basically between you and Sean Haney. Um, that's not in the, that doesn't seem to be in this administration's DNA. The the idea of going after trade agreements on an on um, um, individual basis it just yes. doesn't seem likely just a different approach you know yeah. i it, it, there's no right or wrong in this but this, you're seeing it unfold just a far different yeah. uh, structure uh, of it right uh, and but for the agriculture side it's not all negative this is why you have your commodity groups uh, do export market promotion and in most cases these commodity groups do a very good job, yeah. Chip. Soybeans, the meat sector, et cetera. Yep. I applaud them. Farm Bureau is also very good under export market development. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Okay, a couple of other things over the weekend. Probably should have used this one right at the very start, but I wanted to go to last week's issues first. Over the weekend, 24 tornadoes since Friday, Jim. 26 people killed. At least. Uh, at least more many many more injured uh, there is more severe weather in the forecast for the south for the second half of this week they did a great job providing some some warnings 
at the start of last week about what could happen at the end of, of last week. And, and it happened. Um, you know, the other thing, the atmospheric river out West continues to dump rain, heavy snow into California. And I even hate to mention this, but you know, we had six or eight inches of snow yesterday. Winter came back to the Midwest. Wow. It's uh, uh, it, it's really a strange time as we're making that transition from La Nina to El Nino uh, should with at least a brief stop at Enso neutral between, between the two, but boy, here we are. We are in the middle of it. Yeah. Um, in, in Mississippi, Chip, that's the yeah. largest death toll from a tornado in that state in more than five decades. So yeah. that's of note. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, Okay, uh, other weekend happenings. We need to go back to Russia and, and President Putin. He announced plans to put nuclear weapons in Belarus. Yeah, and he was said it was in reaction to the uh, British supplying Ukraine with depleted yeah. uranium munitions. So tit, tit for tat. But it's it's just high anxiety. You also noted the U.S. has... Uh, um, nuclear weapons are uh, uh, options in, in other countries of, of, of the world. So again, it's uh, Putin's tit for tat. Okay. Uh, the banking debacle seems to have lost some of the urgency over the weekend. First Citizens agreed last night to buy most of Silicon Valley. Uh, and First Citizens evidently is pretty good at doing this. Yeah, they have a history of digesting, you know, yeah. banks uh, acquiring a lot over 20 firms uh, since 2009, Chip. So, right. uh, you know, pretty good track record there. Absolutely. Uh, Mexican president, no, excuse me, not Mexican president, I'm sorry. Brazilian president, Lula canceled his trip to China over the weekend. What's going on there? Yeah, well, he had influenza. They're saying he personally canceled the trip, and he was going to take, what, at least 69 meat exporter officials over yeah. there with him. But the goal is uh, clear. Uh, he's uh, in China's camp, and he wants to uh, improve the uh, trade uh, policy relationships between Brazil and and, and China. And on Pro Farmer this morning, we run a Bloomberg chart showing uh, how that trade is increasing Brazil uh, exports to uh, China big time. Yeah. yeah. And again, referring back to Friday's free for all with, with you and Haney and, and Mark Recker. Um, <laughs> China it restarted imports of Brazilian uh, beef. And this is like 30 days after the discovery or the announcement that uh, they had that Brazil had another atypical case of BSE. <laughs> Canada's still trying to get back into China's beef market 15 months yes. after a an atypical case. So, boy, it's this is definitely a case of who you know matters. And uh, all foreign policy all the time when it comes yeah. to China. Yeah. That, there's that's part of their grand strategy now if they needed if they needed canadian uh beef they, uh, they would free it. it up that that's yeah. that's classic china trade policy yep okay okay uh this week the week ahead it's ahead of a two-week easter recess for both the house and the senate uh did the lawmakers kind of hit another gear this week heading into that break 
Well, they're going to hear a lot from the cabinet members of the Biden administration, including Secretary Vilsack at USDA three times, Chip, uh, Tuesday before the House Ag panel and then Wednesday and Thursday before, respectively, before the Senate and House Ag Appropriations Committees. And we all know that uh, when uh, when Vilsack goes to the Hill, he uncorks uh, usually several announcements, either updates yeah. on programs, et cetera. So we could get an avalanche. And the, uh, uh, but we're going to have other other officials uh, from the Biden administration, a host of them this week, uh, trying to defend their request for fiscal year 2024, Chip. OK, uh, EPA AA probably should have done this in the in the last week segment of the conversation here. But last week, uh, EPA Administrator Michael Regan was on Capitol Hill defending the budget primarily was the big reason that he was there, even though uh, the the Inflation Reduction Act provided billions on billions additional funding for, uh, for EPA. And Administrator Regan had to defend WOTUS again. Yeah, especially even from some uh, Democrats, not many, but uh, why did you do this? Uh, basically put out a rule of what? Last December, ahead of the uh, coming Supreme Court ruling on waters of the U.S. On, on the definition, no later than June of this year. Right. So the the Senate this week, well, the House recently passed uh passed a piece of legislation that would undo the Biden administration's definitions of the wetlands, right? Yeah, under the Congressional Review Act, and that just allows Congress to reject the new executive branch rules. But uh, we had a court case uh, last week uh, uh, that stopped uh, the new WOTUS rule from only two states, Idaho and Texas, and there's right. a number of them pending, Chip. But bottom line, uh, the Senate may take up the resolution uh, this week. By no means it's a certainty they'll pass it. But even if they were, Biden has already said he'd veto. And a look at the votes will clearly show they don't have enough to override. Okay. But it's it's Congress trying to tell uh, the administration and EPA uh, that that they're watching. But this thing's going to go until hopefully we get clarity rather than uh, more muddiness from the Supreme Court on this issue, Jeff. Right. The what what is going to be how quickly do you think that this is going to move? The, the, the whole WOTUS thing going forward. There's a a, a lot of. Uh, a lot of interest in this issue right now, Jim. Oh, yeah. The, it, the, usually the Supreme Court will hold cases closer to when they're going to end their session, which is uh, June, uh, um, uh, on any controversial decision. And you'd have to say this is controversial. So we should get Proposition 12 uh, before yep. WOTUS. If we don't, then that's that's a surprise. But as far as timing of any announcement I, i've given up i just you yeah. have you can quote some pretty good people and it just they're just not accurate you know one knows when they're going to come out right okay uh on wednesday uh president biden will co-host the second summit for democracy it's a virtual gathering of world leaders uh, how much attention is this going to get jim well, not much, I don't think. But, you know, this goes into this heady situation, Chip, because look at uh, 
this is on the, the, the time when uh, in Israel, Netanyahu fired his defense minister mm-hmm. uh, for speaking out against the proposed reform to uh, Israel's judiciary. Right. So, you know, that smacks of, of, uh, uh, of, you know, something to watch out for. But this goes into my thing where uh, um, the world is picking sides. And uh, again, very, very important stuff to me as a foreign policy watcher. Okay. Uh, we, we get uh, ag data this week. We get key economic data. And as important as the prospective planning report and the quarterly grain stocks report is, Friday's personal income and expenditures for February might inch it out on, on the importance level because of the impact it will have at the Fed. Oh, definitely. Especially the... Uh, the uh, Fed's uh, favorite, uh, you, know, you, know, uh, you know, stat is coming out Friday uh, right. as, as well. Personal income, personal and expenditures, income. yeah, yeah, CPE, uh, you know, our PCE, and uh, absolutely that that'll that'll set the tone, I think, for the next FOMC meeting, Chip. And I, I just see myself, I see the Fed on hold for a while here. Uh, and mm-hmm. as far as agriculture, uh, Thursday is hogs and pigs report. And then Friday are the, uh, what grain stocks report and the prospective yep. plantings report. Right. And you think the corn soybean price spread is favoring corn. Is it not a, a touch? Yes. Okay. The, well, the ratio fell back on Friday to 2.27 to one. So not really anymore. Okay. It was up to about 2.41, 2.42, which would have favored corn just a touch. But anymore, nah, not really. Okay. I know Pro Farmer released their survey to the members. Uh, corn acres expected to rise, what, nearly 4%. Soybean acres virtually unchanged. Yeah. Excuse me. I, I was wrong on that. When it was up at 2.4, 2.41 to 1, it was starting to favor soybeans. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. But as it falls back, it may be putting a little bit more incentive back over to corn. But to, to provide a lot of incentive to move some acres, especially at this time of the year, it's got to be very close to two to one. And I just don't I, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. D.A. has has hit us with a, a list of comments here. I'm going to hit them uh, hit them here real quick. The resources war. Is not just about corn, beef, and soy. Farmers need to feed USA and not China's economy? Question mark. The 100-mile rule, we need to eat local food. CSA, food close to you. Find a farmer's market, people. Absolutely. I love a farmer's market. <laughs> the Mennonite girls up at Guttenberg make the best dadgum pies that I've... Oh, they're delicious. <laughs> I love a good farmer's market. I agree. Unfortunately, that doesn't work for a huge percentage of the population. Yeah, well, I'm gifted out here. We have more than a few, and in fact, I this probably is true in Iowa. Chip, you can you can subscribe to the farmers market where they bring it to you. Yeah, on that's a rotating a basis, I have that as well. Yep, yep, absolutely, absolutely works really well for a, that. That does work well, and um, but like I said, there there's a lot of people that just simply don't have access to it so but, but again, we can't again, forget about the, the production agriculture is what i'm saying no. and a number a growing number of restaurants around this country use the local food as well sure. whenever they can so th- th- those are good you know trends there's no doubt about yeah. it 
Yeah. Hey, I know an old hog house right now that it's growing lettuce. Okay. And that's for the local restaurants. Yes. Uh, within a 50 mile radius of, of where they're growing it. So, I mean, Hey, I'm all for it. it I, I'm all for the local, local food sources. Uh, we just can't expect to feed the world with that, with that uh, structure. What else, Jim? We, we're down to about the last five minutes here. What else do we need to really hit on? Oh gosh. I'm trying to think there's so much going on again. Uh, we handled the banks. Oh, we've got Minneapolis fed president, uh, Neil Kashari, I guess, yep. uh, said the recent bank turmoil has increased the risk of a U.S. recession. So we're back to that. I noticed Saudi Arabia, Aramco announced yes. several moves that they're taking a stake in, in a giant oil complex. And that followed a landmark deal with Chinese partners to build a huge refining and petrochemical complex. So again, we're seeing a lot of linkages here as we get into different uh, markets, Chip. And yeah. uh, from the transportation side, retailers uh, are reaping a big savings on reduced uh, ocean transport costs. That should aid in uh, export uh, market developments. You had a group of more than 200 importers, exporters, and logistic officials urging President uh, Biden to speed up the West Coast port labor. There you go. Talks. I wanted to get there. That's one that we, that we, well, you know, we should note because that's lingering. And they want... Volume's uh, going down at those ports right now, isn't it? I mean, it looks like the workers have started to slow down their efforts. Absolutely. And uh, they want Biden to, to announce a replacement, a new point person, if you will, now that Labor Secretary Marty Walsh has, has left his post. So we've seen before so these uh, port labor talks can get into the market very, very yeah. fast if, if, it, if they're not resolved. As, as long as we're talking about that possibility, let's let's not forget that it is that time of the year, once again, when we should be watching for Brazilian dock workers strike uh they are trying they are going to try to figure out how to get the biggest bean crop the world has ever grown through an export system and while they've made improvements to that export system <laughs> it's still going to put a lot of stress on it and th the bean market down there is already starting to show some of the some of the effects the mm. Uh, the basis has just completely fallen apart in that Brazilian bean. And you know what? It's not that that was not expected. Uh, it's just that now that it's happening, the reality is really starting to set in. Yep. And, you know, Chip, we had another letter, coalition of 350 businesses told uh, lawmakers in a letter this morning, so it's fresh, that the, quote, broken permitting system is holding back infrastructure development. So you can throw billions of dollars at infrastructure, but if you have the regulatory side on in the permitting side mm -hmm. awry, you're going to have a glitch. And apparently that's happening across the U.S. Right. Okay. Uh, one last comment from Gary here. Uh, looked at my relock interest rates, 9.5%. Uh, I'm holding off machinery purchases this year. Um, it sounds like the Fed, okay, the Fed indicated one more interest rate in the increase, uh, quarter point interest rate increase, and then a pause after that. That was after last week's FOMC meeting. Jim, is that kind of the the, the read that you're getting? 
Uh, yeah, but I think they probably should pause and then maybe increase later. But that's just me. I mean, what's the difference of 25 basis points? But you're into that five and a quarter area, I guess. And then you, uh, but we still have inflation around 6%, right? Yeah, and, well, we're going to find out this week. Yeah, and usually the Fed likes the uh, Fed funds rate two percentage points higher than the uh, uh, inflation uh, rate. Yep. So, uh, yeah, we're we're getting up there, and it will impact machinery purchases. To me, I just I sure, you know, certainly I, should history. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Odds um, they go down on the rate. Uh, uh, no, not with inflation. They they would be saying the banking crisis is worse than the inflation. And at the beginning of the program, we indicated that at least we're breathing a little easier on the banking crisis. So I would never say zero rates in anything in this town, but right. the odds are are pretty high that they're not going to cut. Right, right. I would agree with that, at least not in 2023. Um the the attitude could change very quickly though i mean they they've indicated that that their decision making process has been data driven to this point and they're going to continue to focus on the data as it comes in I, it uh, i'm not saying that they've done the best job of interpreting the data but they're going to continue to look at the data as as it comes in and use that in making their decisions so yeah and usda did go down late last week on food prices uh but not a lot but they did go down so the trend is there but not enough i don't think to convince the uh, fed uh da noted that weaponizing access to food is unconscionable expensive yes. starvation is a war crime it's true uh, that won't stop putin right because uh, he's seeing that he tried to use energy as a weapon and now he's using food as a weapon yep absolutely okay hey this morning on agritalk thank you jim this morning on agritalk machine repeat senator chuck grassley from iowa and iowa state representative chad ingles uh chad represents district 68 in iowa he's going to be talking about a land land rights issues generated by the development of those co2 pipelines so we're going to be doing getting into that and then this afternoon we're going to go big picture, big picture conversation with Bill Baruch from Blue Line Futures. Have a great week, everybody. Keep watching for those signals.